Time to Travel with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you and welcome to this week's edition of Time to Travel. On the show this evening, I'll be chatting with Mark McEwen, General Manager of the Longstreet Boutique Hotel and Ariba Restaurant, about this fabulous new addition to Longstreet in Cape Town. Carlos Gonzalez of Span African Adventures will be on the line, and he's an accredited hiking guide in the Drakensberg and a member of the Mountain Club of South Africa Rescue Team in KZN. And it's thanks to an email received from listener Henry Willemser, who tells me he's a keen hiker and wants to find out more about hiking in South Africa and beyond, that I've decided to do a series on this topic. I'll also be chatting with Elmar Killeen, Brand Manager for Tourism Ireland, about the launch of the Wild Atlantic Way, and this is a wonderful new experience in this beautiful part of the world. Robin Elford, Account Manager at Nikki Arthur PR, recently put herself through the Bear Grylls Survival Academy, which launched in January in Zimbabwe, and she'll be in studio to tell us how she managed to survive this unique experience. Well, rather her than me, I can tell you. And a reminder that if you need any information about something you hear on Time to Travel this evening, you can find it on Facebook. Just go to Travel on SAFM or you can email me on travel at safm.co.za. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM. Time to Travel with Karen Key. Well, two weeks ago, I spent a wonderful evening at Ariba Restaurant. It's an Afro-Latin cafe in Longstreet in Cape Town, and it's part of the recently opened Longstreet Boutique Hotel, which has been restored to create a modern space, they say, in a colonial building. Well, Mark McEwen is the general manager of the Longstreet Boutique Hotel, as well as Ariba, and he joins me on the line. Mark, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Thank you. Well, this is something I haven't done in an absolutely I can't remember when, in an absolute age, spent the evening in Longstreet, which has possibly got to have the best vibe anywhere in Cape Town. Yes, it's amazing, right? So tell us about the Longstreet Boutique Hotel, because it's in an, it's, it is in an, almost a landmark historic building, and people it's been sort of gone through a number of stages over the years. I remember it as being the Maharaja restaurant at one point, but it's a wonderful yes. old building which has now been restored, but they've kept that whole old world vibe about the building as well. It does. It does have its original charm intact, absolutely. But it was very beautifully and lovingly restored by the previous owners, which many people will know is Hilton Ross. Um, and and they were very true to the character of the building and maintained a lot of its original uh, characteristics, like sand lights that were part of the original Harp Hotel, which was in that building, as an example. Now, it, the, the hotel is now owned by a Dutch businessman, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Raymond Hasselhoff. Okay, and he's come out now and he's, he's bought this hotel and he's, it was what it had initially had, was it six rooms that it had, six bedrooms? Yes, it currently has six rooms, which, uh, like I said, have been renovated. The only change that we've made since we took over the building in December is we've um, put in air conditioning, and we have double glazed the windows, insulated the ceilings, because we know Longstreet is a noisy location. Just a bit, yes. <laughs> it's very yes. loud, especially on the weekends and in the evenings. It can get That's quite right. busy. It's a, real, it's a real party place. It absolutely is. And But now you're, you're starting with some additions now. I think your alterations beginning in May this year. That's correct. We're going to add an, another eight rooms to the establishment. Um, and when we do it, uh, we will be consulting with the Tourism Grading Council with the result that we will be graded as a four-star guest house. 
And you are currently a three-star, am I right? That's correct. Okay, yeah. so you'll hopefully be upgrading to four-star. Plus, will, you'll be having... We will upgrade the six current rooms and the eight new rooms, which will give us 14 rooms in total, will all be done in line with becoming a four-star guest house. Now, on the ground floor is this absolutely amazing place called Ariba. I mean, I, I was right. totally blown away. We were there one Friday night about two weeks ago, and it was absolutely incredible. I mean, but not just what was going on inside Ariba, but literally outside the door, because there's a party in the street con- continuously. But inside, you've got this amazing music, and the food is just incredible. Tell us a little bit about the whole vibe in Ariba. No, what we wanted to do is wanted to create a Latin vibe, but... Because we're in South Africa and because we're in Africa and because we're in Long Street and it's a multicultural place, we wanted to bring in the Latin uh, vibe and the African feel as well. So we've tried to combine the two in Ariba. And um, so we've brought in those African influences in our Cape Malay curries and our Angolan chakalaka beef burger. And for the Latin, we've kept ceviche on the menu and uh, things that are very popular like nachos and enchiladas. Um, and as far as the music is concerned, on Friday nights, well, the sky's the limit. Well, yes, I know. I was there one Friday night. And yeah. the guy that plays, I mean, he's just incredible. My husband was, he's still talking about the guy because he, he asked him if he could play some Santana for him. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing. It's just two of them playing, him on the guitar and with a sort of a sound box thing, and the other guy on a sort of percussion instruments That's and some correct, bongo yeah. drums, effectively. And it's just amazing. And people were getting up and dancing all over the place. Absolutely. I mean, Ernesto Odano is, is a very well-known musician, uh, especially in Cape Town. He's originally from Paraguay, he's Latino, and he has that, uh, he's got that vibe, you know, and, and his music is fantastic, it's phenomenal, and it's not just the music, it's his personality that shines through as well. Absolutely, I mean, people were getting so involved with that, and I mean, you're sort of eating the food, which as I said was amazing, you've got this fantastic music, and, and literally you just feel like you're at home with all your friends, I mean, we didn't know anybody else there really, and people were just getting yeah. up and dancing together, I mean, it was a wonderful evening. Uh, Absolutely. It is a great vibe. And just to let you know that on Saturdays, starting on this Saturday, we're going to have salsa evenings. Oh, really? Absolutely. With, um, with a new DJ, uh, salsa dancers, and it starts every Saturday at 9. Now, what happens to the rest of the week now? We've just dealt with Friday and Saturday. Is there still the same vibe Monday to Thursday? Or? Monday through Thursday currently is a little bit more relaxed vibe. Uh, of course, it is still Long Street, it is still yes. a party venue, but Ariba is a place that's for everybody. So during the week, we have a more relaxed vibe. If you were coming from work for a, for a happy hour cocktail between 5 and 7, or if you wanted to come for a dinner with your friends and family and enjoy a relaxed atmosphere, absolutely, between uh, Sunday and Thursday, that is what we do. Fridays and Saturdays, it's Long Street, it's a party street, and that is what we're giving people. Absolutely. But I just want to go back quickly, Mark, to the um, hotel. We mentioned that you were starting the alterations in May, but I just want people to think that this is going to be like years long. You're hoping to be completed by August the same year, this year? That is correct, yes. Uh, and we will be trading throughout the renovation as well. Because we're, uh, we're not building... Uh, Structurally, what we're doing is we're taking an existing floor and uh, refurbishing it. Um, therefore, the, the disturbance is going to be minimal. Our hotel rooms will still be open. Ariba will still be open seven days a week. So we're not expecting to be closing down at all. 
Okay, so don't think that because they're building, you, you can't go there. You can go That's there the correct, whole time. Yeah. And you're going to be really just in time for our high season. We seem to never, somehow in Cape Town, we never seem to ever have a low season these days. We still, well, we're still in the throes you know, of the high season from last year. Yeah, no, I, I think that what's happening in Cape Town is the city of Cape Town and South Africa in general is doing such a fantastic uh, job of marketing us as a tourist destination and we're seeing tourists from really all over the world now and our low season is not a low season yeah. anymore no i mean i keep thinking well when is this high season we don't seem to get out of it it just seems to be no. permanently there now it's right and i mean businesses everybody in south africa is smiling at the moment we really are reaping the benefits well that's really good news we need yes. that for the economy across yes. across the country not just us here in cape town no, absolutely, across the country, and, and it benefits all South Africans. Absolutely. Well, Mark, it sounds like you're not going to be having a quiet moment for quite a long time to come, which is a no, good thing, no. which is a good thing. <laughs> but we're excited about it. And for people wanting to come to Ariba, I would suggest their book, especially on the weekends. I don't think it's somewhere that you could just, should just pitch up. You can book a table if you want to have dinner, absolutely, and you can do that uh, via email at reservations at ariba.co.za. But if you wanted to come in any night of the week for a drink, for a snack at the bar, or for a good party, you can just come in. It's number 230 Long Street. Can't miss it. Absolutely not. Mark, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show this evening and continue partying down Long Street. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Mark McKeown is the general manager of the Long Street Boutique Hotel as well as Ariba Restaurant. I honestly suggest you go and try it if you're in Cape Town. It's a fabulous night out. For more information on the hotel, you can take a look at www.longstreethotel.com. And for reservations at Ariba, Mark says you can email them on reservations at ariba.co.za. Well, it's time now to cross to Natalie Germanis for the latest from the second T20 match between South Africa and Australia at Sahara Stadium Kingsmead in Durban. Natalie, it's been a late start, what with the rain and everything. Oh, where's Natalie? Natalie's not quite there yet. Okay, she will be with us shortly. But in the meantime, let's just tell you a little bit more again. I was going to tell you about what's coming up next. I'm going to be speaking to Carlos Gomez, and he is um, a hiking guide in the Drakensberg. He's also a member of the Mountain Club of South Africa Rescue Team. And we're going to be talking about hiking. And I decided, because I got an email from a listener who was very keen about hiking, to do a series on different hiking trails and different things to do when you're hiking. So let's hope that we're going to be, over the next couple of weeks, encouraging those of you who enjoy being in the outdoors to get out there a little bit more and hike. Let's see if Natalie's with us now. Natalie, are you there? No, Natalie's still not with us. I think what, what we're going to do is we're going to just take a short break. We'll keep trying to get hold of Natalie. But in the meantime, I think we, maybe we try to get out. Should we get our next guest on or should we just keep, is he on the line already? Okay, well, we're going to take our next guest for now, Carlos Gomez, as I mentioned, who together with Bridget Ringdahl, who's been a guest on the show actually a number of times, runs Span African Adventures. And Carlos is an accredited hiking guide in the Drakensberg and a member of the Mountain Club of South Africa rescue team in KZN. And as I mentioned, thanks to an email received from a listener, his name is Henry Willemser, and he told me he's a keen hiker and he wants to find out more about hiking in South Africa. So I've decided to chat with Carlos this evening about safety aspects of hiking and camping, the do's and don'ts of hiking, and what to pack. Carlos, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Sorry about the sort of start to talking to you, but we were hoping to cross to find out about the cricket, but we didn't quite get around to doing that. So let's just talk a little bit about you, first of all. You originally from Spain. You knew after sort of traveling around all over the place, stumbled into South Africa and decided you could not leave these beautiful mountains. Yeah, that's right. Yes, uh, I came to South Africa like nine years ago. 
And yeah, uh, we came to live in the Midlands, and yeah, it was, it was time to do something else. Eh? Nothing. Uh, I decided to follow my passion, which is always in the mountains, you know. And uh, I've been guide since 2008. Well, you right at the Drakensberg. I mean, you couldn't get more beautiful mountains anywhere yeah. than that. That's correct. Yeah, I've been in other mountain ranges, the Pyrenees, the Alps, uh, Himalayas, the Andes, and yeah, the Drakensberg. <laughs> One of the best places I've ever been, eh? and we are very lucky to live so close by. Yeah. Absolutely. Before we get to all the do's and don'ts and the things I was telling, we want to chat to about what the listener wants to know about. Let's just talk a little bit about what you do at um, your company, what what you are offering, because you offer a number of different hikes. A lot of them in the Drakensberg, and they're all different types of hikes that you do. Tell me a little bit about what Span African Adventures does. Well, I, I mainly do. Uh, I offer two products. One is uh, hiking in the Drakensberg. And I, I mainly do the, the hikes on, on the escarpment, uh, on top of the escarpment, on, on the Lesotho side. And, and yeah, and the other thing is the, the cycle tours. I offer cycle tours in the Himalayas and in Spain, obviously. No? It's yeah. a good excuse to go back home yeah, from abso- time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You do the cycle tours in the Camino de Santiago. That's one that's of the right. tours you do. That's right. I've yeah. spoken to a number of people who've walked the Camino but never one who cycled it. So maybe we'll have to get you back on the show a little bit later on to tell us a little bit more about your cycling tours because that yeah. sounds amazing. It's but a lot this year. <laughs> are you, and you're going, you're doing it again this year as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes. I do it every year, a couple of, couple, two times a year. Twice a year you go and do that? Okay, yeah. you put us all to shame. You, you obviously really enjoy being out in the outdoors there. But your, your trips in the Drakensberg, you do a number of different types of hikes for different skill levels. So people can be very sort of advanced hiking or climbing and then also not that much. You can do it if you're not that advanced when it comes to hiking and climbing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this, basically, when you, you hike in the Drakensberg, you go two areas, you know, the one that I was talking about before on the Scarman, you know, that would be your high berg, and that that's more for you as advanced people. People that are more experienced and they've they got a good level of fitness. And, yeah, you're hiking in a remote area uh, for uh, several days, and, yeah, you can uh, camping in tents, and, yeah, you basically are two days away from anywhere, you know, so, yeah, it's for more experienced people. And then you got your little berg hike, which is in the foothills of, of the dragons there, and then, then you follow trails and you normally stay in caves, you know. And yeah, you, uh, you don't need to carry tents, so your, your backpacks are a little bit lighter, you know, so it's a little bit easier to What is the Giant's Cup Trail? Yeah, the Giant's Cup Trail is actually it's the only established trail in the Dragons Bear. Uh, you're sleeping in hats, and, and yeah, and it's, it's the only marked trail in the Dragons Bear. You know, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, people don't know that mu- that much about it, so yeah, it's not that much on these days. Uh, but it's a beautiful part of the dragons, the southern dragons. Yeah, you you got the luxury of a hot shower sometimes. Not not every night, but in two of the huts you you got a hot shower, and and yeah, you know you only need uh, uh, some clothes, some food, and a sleeping bag. Yeah. Yeah, this this uh, is a lovely trail. It's quite long. I mean, it's sixty kilometers, and it says you, you on your website. You say here it normally takes about five days to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. There are four four huts. Uh, you basically hike for from hut to hut. Yeah. It's not it's not the easiest of the of the hikes, but uh, as far as the dragonfly goes, it's it's no, it's, it's quite quite okay. Because you say it's ideal for beginners. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, it is. I mean, it, it's, it's marked. You follow a trail. There's, it's, there's not much up and downs, and, and yeah, you don't have to carry a ten. You know, so your mm. backpacks are a lot lighter. You know. How fit do you have to be to do that trail? <laughs> well, uh, you have to be fit. I mean, obviously, you have to be a, an, active, an active person, or somebody that walks regularly, or runs a little bit, or goes to the gym and that kind of thing. You know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit of fitness, you, you, you need it. Uh, yeah. I'm, like, talk- I'm talking to the wrong person about how fit you need to be because listening to what you do all the time, you must be incredibly fit. So <laughs> for you, we all none of us are fit, as fit as you, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah, they keep me fit. <laughs> so, Carlos, now let's talk about what my listener wanted to know about, the do's and don'ts. If you're going off hiking with some friends, what should you do and what shouldn't you do? Well, I think the most important thing is, is to plan. You know, is that before before you go to the mountains, that's the, I think this more important part of your of your trip. You know, planning in advance where you're going, the climate that you're gonna have, and then pack accordingly. You know, and also uh, plan according to your party. You know, who's going to be there? So you have to always have the the weakest person in mind. You know, so that everybody can can do it well. You know? So yeah, uh, basically what. You you need there's like a sense of things that you have to have you know like you we're talking about navigation like you know, your a map and, and a compass you know, illumination you know, some like a headland and then you, of course all your clothing your some some protect, uh, protection uh, all your food uh, water and a stove and, and and a tent if you need it of course I mean maybe we- first aid kit too. Yes, I mean, I was going to talk to you about the safety aspects, and I'm sure as a member of the mountain rescue team in um, KZN, you really want people to look after themselves. I mean, I know you enjoy climbing up the mountains, but you don't really want to keep going up there to go and bring people back off. You'd rather they didn't get into trouble in the first place. Yeah, no, no, that's the most important thing for for a guy. The safety, safety is always number one yeah, about everything. You know, when you come back from the mountain and you safe and sane, then that's a successful trip always. Even even if sometimes the weather is not so great and, and you have to cut your hike shorter, uh, that, that is not that important. The most important thing is the safety, always. Always, always the always. safety. And as yes. you said earlier, it's very important to always look at the weakest member of your party to see what they would need. Don't look at the strongest member and think, well, they can make it up wherever you're going. Yes. You need to look at the weakest person to think, will yes. they make it? Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you have to look at the others, not only yourself and, and what you you would like to accomplish. You know? So, yeah, always look at the others and what they can do. Yeah, yeah always. How important is it when you are planning to go hiking to actually, if you're going with a group, for all of you to sit around and and really go through what the trail. In, involves you know you're going hiking you're doing this particular route for example just or for example say that there's a group of people wanting to do the giant's cup trail so now they say five or six of them they've now got to plan this hike what is the first thing that they've got to do first make sure sh- surely that they could all do it that they can all yeah, make yes, it up for there sure. yeah yeah they, they, yeah as i said you know they all have to you have to know what uh, everybody limits are and if make sure that everybody uh, can make it, no? But uh, but then you have to have your emergency plans in place too, you know, just what somebody, maybe he he thought or she thought that she could do it well and, and, and then she realizes she can or something goes wrong, no? or you sprain an ankle, or something like that. You know? So then you also have to plan your um, uh, escape routes and also if uh, you can't get out of the mountain for whatever reason, 
then then you, then you you need to know your phone numbers and things like that, you know, because most of the times you you're gonna have reception even in the dragon store. I was gonna ask you that. What is cell phone reception like up there? Yeah, it's it's quite good, especially on the Scarment. In in the foothills, it's not not that great. In the giant sculpture, for example, you are quite close uh, to civilization all the time. So most of the time, uh, you go to the reception, so you would be fine there. You know, so that that would also go uh, with your planning, you know, knowing where where the reception is. Yeah. And what should, you mentioned a safety a safety pack, a sort of a, a first aid kit type of thing. If you're going hiking, what what should be in that safety kit? Well, uh, well, it's the, the use of things, you know, some bandage and uh, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, I said uh, antiseptics, and if you you got a condi- medical condition, also take your medical uh, your personal medication and, and that kind of thing. You know. It's no, no, no much you can do up there unless you got the, uh, I say the skills. You know, for example, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but I know more or less how to do the the first aid. You know, mm. yeah. But if things are really wrong, then then you you know how to you need to know how to get out of there or how to get help. You know. Yeah, that's the most important thing. And you yeah. need to have somebody with you that yeah. on the team that at least knows a little bit of basic first aid. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Mm. Now, yeah. now, at Span and, Africa... And, and if things go wrong, then one of the also more, very, very important is not not to panic, you know. I know it's very difficult yes. when you are up there and things go wrong and yeah, things get difficult, but panicking or panic doesn't help, you know. So it's one of the most yes. important things, you know. You, you know, no, don't panic. Maybe sit down for five minutes and, and then try to, to uh, get into action. The Span African Adventures, your company, do you, are all your hikes, are they guided hikes or do you, people sort of go off on their own? How does that work? Well, the kind of hikes that I do, uh, apart from the Giant Scarp Trail, the Giant Scarp Trail uh, uh, sometimes uh, give all the information and, and people self-guided. But most of my hikes are on the Scarman, you know, on, 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 on the summit of the Dragon's Bear. And there you don't have uh, trails to follow and Weather conditions can be uh, more challenging, especially at this time of the year with the mist and the rain. So I normally guide the oldest the, hikes myself, personally. Well, that would be very comforting for those yes. of us going up, hiking up. At least we'd have an experienced hiker and a mountain rescue guide with us. I mean, you're the ideal person to go hiking with, Carla. So I think if people <laughs> are wanting to go hiking in the Drakensberg, I seriously suggest they have a look at your website and plan their next hike with you. But thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening. And hopefully I'll chat with you again about your cycle tours. I'd really like to find out more about that. So thank you very much indeed for your time this evening. It's a real pleasure. Thank, Thank you, so Carlos. Much. Good night, okay. you. Okay. Good night. Carlos. Good night. Carlos Gomez, who together with Bridget Ringdahl runs Span African Adventures. And for more information on what they offer, take a look at the website. It's www.spanafrican-adventures.co.za. It's www.spanafrican-adventures.co.za. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know that one of my favorite places to talk about in the world is Ireland. And joining me on the line this evening is Elma Killeen, and she's the brand manager for Tourism Ireland. And we're going to be talking about the Wild Atlantic Way. Elma, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Karen, and thank you very much for having me. So the Wild Atlantic Way, it just sounds so Irish. Tell me a little bit about this. It's <laughs> 2,500 kilometers 
along the uh, the western seaboard of Ireland, and you've packaged this absolutely amazing route. Yeah, I must say it is. It's not that it's. Um, I keep saying it's not that we've produced something new or pulled something out of the hat. This is obviously part of nature. It's been there all along. But I guess we're sort of talking about it or promoting it in a, in a different way, as you say, packaging it. But it's a very exciting new product that we have, and it is, as you say, running two thousand five hundred kilometres. So. We do have the claim that it's the longest defined touring route in the world, which is quite amazing considering Ireland, we're such a small little island up in the Atlantic, but it is, there's nothing longer out there as defined touring routes, so we're, we're claiming that. Now, we are very used to here in South Africa having these routes. We have wine routes and we have craft routes and we have all sorts of different routes all throughout the country. Now, you've packaged the Wild Atlantic Way, I mean, and what's on that route, it's literally something of all, almost all of those little things put together, you've got craft shops and culinary experiences and all sorts of wonderful accommodations. Tell us a little bit about what's on the route. Yeah, we do. I, I guess I suppose what's different to others is we do have a little bit of everything on, on along those 2,500 kilometres. And it's, it's something that is... Be still being developed. So at the moment, we claim to have about, along that uh, the seaboard, we have about 500 different visitor attractions. And then obviously all the activities, another 1,500 possible activities that range from either playing golf to horse riding to walking to cycling. And then during the year, again, just along that part of the country, we have, there's about 600, nearly 600 festivals and events that are run throughout the year. So there's always something on, you know, be it from traditional music or to to craft events or to adventure events. So there really is something on, you know, 365 days of the year. Apart from that, then, we sort of promote it in different ways. There's the cultural side of things. So, you know, there's the, the language. We've um, a lot of the parts along that seaboard. We have the Irish language. Gaelic is spoken along that those routes. Music and dance, obviously, our culture and legends and folklore. And then you look at sort of the exploration side, the discovery and exploring and showcasing the unique landscape because it really is quite unique from the rugged cliff faces to the microclimates on the West Coast and all its flora and fauna. And then it's the more active. So if you're more into activities, you know, there's the great surfing locations. There's the golf. Again, we've over 120 golf courses along that side of of Ireland. So there really is, you know, it's quite compact, but the route is long, but there really is something for everyone. Now, you've broken the route up into four regions. So people can sort of almost dip in and out of the route. They can do a little bit here and a little bit there. And and it is a a self-drive route. So people can really do whatever it is that takes their fancy along the route. Yeah, you can. And, you know, we've we've also developed a number of itineraries. So you've got looped itineraries where you can, you know, it's, it doesn't have to just be linear so that you don't feel you're having to finish the route in, in one go. We're hoping it'll encourage people as well to come back, that they're not going to drive the 2,500 kilometers in one go. They're more than welcome to, and they can if they want, if they want to stay for a couple of weeks. But it's the idea that you might just do little bits of a route on your holiday. And, you know, you may also want to just come in and visit Dublin and then go over and do a little bit of the route. So it is, again, to encourage people to come back and visit, which may not be as easy if you're coming all the way from South Africa. But it is. We have four different route sections. Um, And again, there are things you can do in each route section. And there are some things that are very specific to route sections. But again, it's just, you know, going in and seeing what it is, what are your interests and where would be the best part of that route to pursue those interests.
Now, I mentioned that people could self-drive this route, but I noticed on the website, if people wanting to find out more, you can go to ireland.com and have a look for Wild Atlantic Way, and you'll get all this information there. But I noticed on the website, Elmar, is that you also have featured tours where people can actually book. How does that work? Well, you can. You can also, there are obviously a number of tour operators who would be dealing with South Africa and that could help you organize your trip. But it's also, apart from being self-drive, we like to think that it's more than just a driving route, that you can also get your way, make your way around either using buses or trains and that you can, it's a cycling route or a walking route. You can make it whatever type of route it is. We also have 15 what we call signature discovery points. So we have a number of, there's nearly 160 discovery points along the way. And these are what we would like to think are like Kodak moments that you want to stop and take a picture or get out and walk around. And within those 159 or 160, there's 15 of these what we call iconic. They're the sort of must-see sites along the West Coast. And again, they're, they're good starting points. So if you did want to do just parts of the route, you might want to take in one or two of those signature points, but also use those discovery points to sort of map your journey out. And again, either doing these looped itineraries or planned itineraries that you'll find on Ireland.com. Not necessarily to follow them step by step, but it just does give you a little bit of everything. There might be a nice culinary experience on one of these itineraries. You might like to listen to some nice Irish music. So there's Lots of different experiences that we've pulled out just to give you a flavour of what's available on your trip. You had rather an exciting experience recently with two musicians that you took along the route. That's right. Um, we were trying to, one of the sort of, I suppose, the, the, the ideas of what we want to bring to life is the idea that this, this touring route is a journey of inspiration and it can inspire, and that's a very broad uh, way of speaking, it can inspire people in many different ways. So we decided to take two up-and-coming musicians, a group called Solomon Gray, and we took them on the route, and they came along with their own studio, sort of a mobile studio. And on the back of their two-week journey down along the Wild Atlantic Way, they developed a soundtrack, an EP, which brings to life or shows how they were inspired by the sounds, the experiences, and the people they met along the way because some of the vocals um, on this soundtrack are actually some of the local people they met. So it's, it's a very different way of showing it, but it's, it's been a fantastic journey. I was involved. I was hugely inspired by both the group and what I saw and also the output and the actual soundtrack that is available. Now, it's not yet up on the website, but it will be available in the next 10 days where you can go on, you can listen to the soundtrack, but it's interesting because you can read what it is that you're hearing. What are the, the sounds and the experiences that inspired this sound that they've created? And then there's nice bits of video that might show the organ that was used and that you can hear coming through or the sounds of the waves at the cliffs of Moher. It really is. It's a very interesting piece. And I think it does do that job of how, in this case, it was musicians who were inspired, but how if you're, you know, an outgoing, you like activities, how you can be inspired, or we might look at photographers or artists. So it's just an interesting way at showing how inspiring this, this West Coast is. You mentioned the Cliffs of Moher, and that, I think those are some of Europe's highest sea cliffs. So that in itself is something that we all should possibly go and have a look at. They are. And sometimes, as you well know, when it's nearly on your doorstep, you take it for mm, granted. But yes. having having been there a couple of times recently and seeing it in so many different lights, and I mean either by season or by the time of day or when the rain isn't there or the mist is up or down, 
they really are quite spectacular. And the fact that you can get so close to them or, or see them from so many angles, they really are. And there's a lovely visitor center there. And it's obviously one of our iconic signature discovery points. So there's a lovely interpretive center there where you can go in and, and see about the history and how many millions of years they were in the making. But I suppose it is one of our, our most iconic points along the way, but with so much else to, to see and do. And as you're you're driving along, obviously you are. There's a lot of cliff face along the way, but that would be one of our, our highest ones on the Wild Atlantic Way. It's also a favourite film location. I believe Harry Potter himself was even there. Yes, it was. It, it was. It was part of Harry Potter was filmed and inspired by the Cliffs of Moher. So we, we do claim that and, and many more. Um, we have, there's been some many famous iconic films filmed along the West Coast. You know, we've so many beautiful beaches as well along there. And like the Ryan's Daughter, it was also filmed down further down, down south in the lovely beaches of Kerry. But it is, it's a beautiful location for filming. I mean, it, it's wild and you have to accept that and that's part of the beauty but it is, it is quite spectacular. When I think about Ireland, it's, it's, I always think about sort of magic and mystery and all wonderful sort of historic sites like castles and all those kinds of things. And I'm sure there's a lot of that to be seen on the, on the Wild Atlantic Way as well. There certainly are. Um, and yes, I mean, the, the myths and legends of Ireland, uh, they're not there with, with, without the actual physical proof here on the ground. And there's a lot of living culture and Christian heritage all the way along and towers and old ruins and castles. So we certainly, we can give anyone who has any interest in history and culture, we have plenty to fill their their two-week journey here. The other thing I think when people think about Ireland, they always think about the fabulous pubs in Ireland. And one of the tours, a featured tours, you'll find that on the website, is a traditional pub and folklore tour. And that strikes me as being what a lot of people would imagine Ireland, the folklore and the pubs. And it's that kind of Irish feel to it that does. Yeah. And the great thing is, I mean, the pubs, most people have a sort of a traditional idea of pubs mm. in their heads and they still are thankfully available but also it's it's come a long way the food in the pubs has become so we've got these gourmet pubs where you can really eat so well in the pubs so it's not just you're going in there to to sample our traditional guinness or our irish whiskies but you can really eat so well in the pubs as well and also you've got the nice addition of the music, traditional music or dance. And that features quite heavily along the Wild Atlantic Way. And the different, again, the different types of music and, and how the culture and the history of the area has influenced the different types of traditional music. So there are certain parts of Ireland that would be very famous for the fiddle or the violin. And there'd be a very strong influence in parts along the route or in other parts, the bowron, which is an Irish drum and you've got the tin whistle, and then you've got, you know, so it's all different. They have different strengths along the way, but you're sure to find some of the richest, richest uh, veins of Irish music are along the Wild Atlantic Way, around Doolin in County Clare, up in Donegal as well. They're very, very strong pockets of Irish music, and you'll always find music being played in these pubs. And sessions, what we call sessions, where people will just come along with their instruments and start playing and people are always welcome to join in. So it is it is a lovely addition to, to the journey and to the experience along the way. It sounds like the most wonderful thing to go off and do because as you said, you know, there's there's the castles, there's the mystery, there's the pubs, there's the, the swimming, the surfing, the fishing, there's dancing, there's music, there's pretty much everything. It's almost like Ireland completely on this wild Atlantic way, you'll get you'll literally experience the whole of Ireland along the way. 
You will, and hopefully the people will bring that all to life. I mean, they, they do say that the Irish people are friendly and, and we do feel that they're a big part of bringing that experience to life so that you're not just coming and viewing it as a, as a tourist, but you're, you're getting involved and you're getting immersed as well through the people that you'll meet along the way. And they're very proud to, to really bring your experience to life. So we would welcome with open arms and look forward to receiving as, as many of you who'd be willing to come and take the journey. And I was going to ask you the best time of year to come, but I imagine it's all year round, there'd be something. There is. I mean, there are with that many festivals on throughout the year. Obviously, the summer months, say from, you know, April through to September, October are lovely months. You've got that little stretch in the day still, so you, you get to see more while you're driving or cycling or walking the route. Um, but any time is nice. We were filming with these musicians and the band. We were filming in October, November last year, and we were blessed with the weather and had beautiful... It, was, it wasn't warm, but it was that those crisp, lovely, bright days, and there's a very special light at that time of, of the year as well. And seeing the cliffs and as you drive along in that lovely sort of autumnal, late autumnal light, it is also a lovely time to come, and possibly less tourists if that's what you're, you're, you'd like. Less queues, less people on the roads. You've got more of the roads to yourselves and the experiences, less, less people around. So, Elma, it sounds like one of those must-do bucket list things. So hopefully people have got their pen and paper right. I'm going to give them the, the website address. But definitely put that on your bucket list. It is definitely something you need to do. But, Elma, thank you very much indeed for your time and for chatting with us all the way from Ireland this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen, and we look forward to, to seeing many South Africans here in Ireland. We'll welcome them with open arms. I was chatting there with Elmar Colleen. She's the brand manager for Tourism Ireland. And if you'd like to find out more about the Wild Atlantic Way, it sounds absolutely fabulous. Take a look at the website. It's www.ireland.com. And then once you're on the website, have a look for the Wild Atlantic Way, and you'll have all that information. will tell you everything you need to know definitely go and have a look. It's absolutely fabulous. So ireland.com and have a look for Wild Atlantic Way. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, I'm joined in studio this evening by Robin Elford and she's the account manager at Nikki Arthur PR. Well, I don't quite know what to say about Robin because she's in January went off and did the Bear Grylls Survival Academy and I'm surprised she's still looking so fabulous. Robin, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. Thank you. I was expecting you to sort of come crawling through the door, but you've <laughs> actually walked in looking all sprightly and happy and quite fine. It's amazing what makeup can do, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so why do you, this Bear Grylls, we, I think I spoke about the Academy a, a year or so ago and there was talk then of it coming to South Africa. Yes. Now it's arrived in um, Africa. And um, just tell me a little bit about how it was all set up. Where is it and what's going on there before we get into what on earth you did there? <laughs> okay, basically um, Mantis Collection um, have joined forces with Bear Grylls himself and they came up with the concept of Bear Grylls Survival Academy and they launched it very successfully in the US and in the UK recently and then we brought one to Africa. We went to Zimbabwe to Victoria Falls and it's actually hosted at the Stanley Livingston Private Game Reserve at um, one of Manta's collection properties called Nakavango Conservation 
center and that's where it's based okay so you decided to go and try this out before telling other people they should be going off to do this <laughs> there aren't any at this stage set up but they are coming later in the year and there is a website that i will give out later if people are interested in going and putting themselves through this absolutely but i think for some people this is absolutely ideal this is fabulous people love to know how to survive in the wild which is what you went to learn to do well how long was the course it was five days it varies you can do a five-day course or you can go do the three-day course. Uh, there's also 24-hour courses. All the details are on the website. You can uh, pick and choose which course you would like to do. There's also team-building courses for corporates. That's also also to come, so it's all very exciting, and it's all on the website. So you decided to go and do this, right. So you, are, <laughs> you uh, First of all, how do you get there? You fly directly from um, well, well, being in Cape Town based, uh, we flew Cape Town, Johannesburg, and then we flew Johannesburg straight to Vic Falls. And then they collect you and it's like a 10 minute drive to Stanley Livingston Game Reserve. How many of you did this when you went? Was there quite a lot? There were, I stand to be correct, I think there were 13 of us. And you all made it to the end? All made it to the wow, end. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, all made it to the end. I think there were a few tears. It was an experience of a lifetime. Right, so you arrived and... And we were um, welcomed really nicely with uh, the Bear Girls flags, and it was all very exciting. Then we all jumped into a, ba a bus and then went off to uh, Stanley Livingston Game Reserve to the Nakavango Conservation Centre, where we were all welcomed with tea, drinks, and then we did an they did an introduction. And that night it was quite a nerve-wracking night because we all knew what we were in for the next day. As uh, we got there rather late in the afternoon, so they only started the course the next day. But they get you prepped for what, what you're in for. So that was all, all very exciting. Everyone's nerves were running high. And they surprised us at every corner. <laughs> I was just looking through the program. I mean, there was, okay, there was the, the obvious things like a health and safety briefing and then crossing difficult ground. But then... At half past three on the, on the day after you arrived, you were told all about wild food and dirty water. Yes. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Basically, when you're in the bush and you're trying to survive, you need to know what you can and can't eat. What no, but you hang can. on. I, I've watched Bear Grylls on television. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sorry, but he eats stuff that you, wouldn't, you couldn't pay me a million rand to even <laughs> think about eating it. Did you have to eat very weird stuff like he does on TV? Yes. Like, what did you eat? <laughs> Mapani worms. Oh, well, that's okay. That that I can still cope with. Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> you're better than me. Well, no, no. I mean, compared to what else he eats, that I could still get my head around. Okay. And raw impala. I don't know if I can say it on air. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this is not sounding too good. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it up to the imagination. Oh, dear. Okay. If you've watched Big Rules on television, yes, you kind of got an idea of what it is she's been eating there. Okay. But the, what I liked was you did a lot of wilderness survival skills. And yes. those are things that you can really use. Yes, absolutely. And on the course, they've got such highly skilled trainers that they teach you things that you would never have thought of when you're in that situation. How to filter water without having a, a beautiful water filter. Um, using things like leaves, using things like your socks. You, I mean, they teach you things that you would never really think of, of actually learning if you weren't put in that situation. So that, that I must admit, was quite a learning curve for me. I mean, I've learned things just on those three, three days. I learned more than what I would have if I'd put myself in that situation back in South Africa or in Cape Town. Okay, well, I did also, you did some astro navigation, which is rather nice, learning to navigate by the stars. Yes. Which I think is a bit of a lost art. 
Absolutely. I am so intrigued by the stars. I mean, every star has a different story and a different angle. And, and to even get, we had such a, a small taste of that. Even that was mind-blowing. I wish I could do a course where they could teach me more. Okay, so that that doesn't sound too bad except for the food side of it. Yes. But then the next day, this is where it starts getting a little bit hectic <laughs> yeah. because you've got bridges and you're navigating over gorges and all sorts of things and yes. commando stuff. And how easy or difficult or horrendous was that? I must admit, they are so behind you every step of the way. So you don't really feel too unsafe at any stage even though your nerves are unbelievably on edge and you are extremely petrified for me my biggest fear is heights so rappelling down the face of the gorge at victoria falls really wasn't on my bucket list of things to do <laughs> whereas i did it and and we really enjoyed it and afterwards i could high five myself and say I never thought I would do that. It was incredible. It really was a life-altering experience. So you find yourself pushing yourself further than you thought you could go. Absolutely. You push yourself to limits where you would never have done that unless you were in that situation. I probably wouldn't have done that unless I knew that I was backed up by highly skilled trainers and instructors. So I never felt a threat, but it was definitely still sweaty palms and <laughs> heart beating really fast. If you, if, do you think that now if you found yourself in a situation where things were not going terribly well, that some of this would come back, that you would actually feel a little more comfortable now that you've been taught how to do it? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, even down to tying a knot. I mean, I would have just tied a little bow <laughs> and expected <laughs> that. But now we know how to do the knots. So that all counts, I guess, for, for a lot more than I thought it would. Can I ask whether you actually, in inverted commas, enjoyed it? Loved every second of it. Oh, that's good. Every second of it. When you're standing in that gorge, surrounded by the Vic Falls, and you can hear the, the power of that water just around the corner, and you're surrounded by nothing but beauty and, and Africa, it really, really is. I mean, you can't not enjoy it, even though you know, or don't really know, what's around the corner. <laughs> At the end of this whole exercise, you actually get a certificate. So you can actually prove that you've actually done this. Yes, absolutely. Very proud. You, yeah, framed on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> is this something, do you think, from the comments you had possibly from the people that were on the course with you, that this is something people would go back and do a second time? Absolutely. It is not always going to be the same course. So it is going to be tailor-made. So that's also a bonus because... If you see that they're going to be doing something different that you didn't do in your course, it might draw you to come do another course. But they, everybody that was on the course all said that they will be back. So as you said, it's a three-day, a five-day. There's the 24 hours. Gosh, what do you do in 24 hours? It's a long way to go for 24 hours. <laughs> that one is um, mainly for locals. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's only for locals, but I would assume that that would be the best. Maybe if you're up there anyway, yeah. just pop along for a day of 24 absolutely, hours and go and do absolutely. that. And also team building it would be an amazing thing for team building. Absolutely. I think that would be an amazing, amazing way to do a team building and really get your team because you do you rely on the people around you a lot for the support to get through those things so after something like that you know your team is going to be stronger than ever did you come back to camp every night or did you stay out in the bush what did you do stayed out in the bush oh right okay yeah. you didn't have to find your own food surely i mean they fed you what, what was the story at night when you're out in the bush they found the food for us okay but they teach you how to find the food 
So we had to find the worms. We had to find, they teach you how to catch water in leaves. They teach you all the basics, how to find food. We were luckily given the raw <laughs> impala. You couldn't you not cook it and make a fire or something? We did, but we mm. did it. We did both. Okay. So they teach you every angle. So you reckon you could survive out there now for a short while at least? For a short while at least, yes. I could rough it. <laughs> I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed, Robin. Thank you. So what was the highlight for you? What was the thing you really enjoyed the most? I must say the fact that it was at Vic Falls was a huge selling point for me. Everything was incredible down to the, the organization from Nakavango's side of things was organized perfectly. Um, the team, Bagel's team, the Bagel Survival instructors, they are so highly skilled and so incredible. They really know exactly what you need to do. As I said, you never feel out of place. You never feel threatened. You never, you never feel... What's the word I'm looking for? Like you're going to die yes, any minute. in danger. <laughs> and I think the highlight was meeting those people and mm. really watching them in action and seeing I am blown away by the skills that these people have and how they share those skills with others is really something special. I'm really happy that I'm speaking to you about this because if I'd spoken to a man, I would have sort of got the feeling that this really wasn't a thing for women to go and do. So I'm really glad that you came to talk to me about this. How many women were on this course with you? Surprisingly enough, it was a 50-50. Oh, really? I know. Surprising. I really thought it would be majority men, but there were quite a few women and they... They took it with both hands. I mean, we had some diehards out there. <laughs> well, as I said, it's really nice to know that this is for everybody. Absolutely. And you can get through the other side and still look fabulous like you're oh, doing. thank you. you know, I, mean, I still can't believe you didn't crawl through the door. But anyway, <laughs> but it's really nice that it's open for everybody. It's available if people want to go up there and Absolutely. do this. It's not a man thing. It's yes. a, whoever wants to go. And children too, oh, surprisingly really? enough. Yes. Children well, obviously, tailor make the course for them, Absolutely, I would imagine. Yes. It wouldn't be exactly the same course. Yes. So, families, a nice thing for families Absolutely, to do? Absolutely, yes. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. I thought yeah. this was the really sort of hard out there, tough people that were going out there to well, do that. Too. You, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> yeah, I like you. But you can actually take the family and do this. It could be quite fun. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything specific they tell you to bring? I mean, are you obviously they give you a whole kit list, and you so you are prepared. You don't yes. pitch up there with your flip flops and think oh, no. I should have actually brought the other shoes. No, they they do warn you to bring warm clothes, waterproof clothing, the basics. Because you've got to carry everything. Yes, you do. Mm, this is not like slack packing where somebody's <laughs> carrying it for you. No, you're no, carrying this is everything you yourself. Carrying everything, okay. but they provide you with all the kit that you're going to need along the way. Okay, just yeah. for the duration of just your time the duration, there. Yes. Okay, like the sleeping bags and all that Absolutely, stuff. You didn't have to yeah. put that in your luggage and get it there. No. Okay, so this is ter it sounds to me very well organized. It is extremely and, well organized. Do they do, I mean, would this be something they do all through the year or is it certain times of the year that they would only do it? Do you know? Well, they've got courses all around the world now and they're mm. going to only be growing. They, they're hopefully bringing Bear Girl Survival Academy into South Africa soon as well. And as we know, it's growing and growing, so it'll be all over the world hopefully very soon. We have some fabulous places they could actually do Absolutely. it here in and, South Africa. So that and would be Mantis great. has got their finger on that pulse at all times. Are they so also looking to do something here in South Africa with absolutely, them? Absolutely, yes. Now we've mentioned all these things about where they're possibly going to be coming, where they already are. I would, I would imagine, maybe this is just me being a little bit um, precious about my continent, but I would imagine that having something like the Survival Academy, you're really going to get the best out of it in Africa. 
Absolutely. And um, I know that the instructors have also mentioned that they would say the African one, especially in Zim, is probably going to be the toughest one. It's so real. You've got the white river rafting, you've got those rapids, you've got the gorges, you've got everything and it's raw. So it's it's really raw African experience. And for instance, just a small little thing where I had to sit back and go, wow, I'm really in Africa and actually took my breath away was driving around the corner and having to stop in the middle of the road to let a herd of elephant cross the road where I just sat in absolute awe going, we really are blessed with this with this country and this continent. We are. And obviously, as you say, possibly even by all accounts from the instructors themselves, possibly the best of the academy. So absolutely. do you think we'll be getting people flying in from overseas to come and do this one? I absolutely 100% think most definitely yes. So Robin, when are you going off again? Oh, hopefully in June. Oh, so you are planning on doing another oh, one. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I would like to, absolutely, yes. Robin, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show this evening and um, good luck in June. Oh, thank you very much. And hopefully I'll see you looking as fabulous when you come back from the second, second hopefully. time. Hopefully. <laughs> I was chatting there with Robin Elford and she's the account manager at Nikki Arthur PR here in Cape Town and she recently did the Bear Grylls survival course up in Zimbabwe. Now, if you'd like to find out more, if you'd like to go and do the course, there's two websites. There's www.beargrillssurvivalacademy.com or mantisextreme.com and all, all that information will be on the Facebook page travel on SAFM or otherwise you can drop me a line on travel at safm.co.za Dave, where have you been man? Been moving house. Didn't you move last weekend? Yep, but I was helping the neighbours out this morning. Ah, what a mission. Not in my Nissan MP200. Make every trip fantastic in a Nissan MP200 1.6 base. Now at a fantastic 125222, including a canopy. And if you don't need a canopy, your dealer will structure another fantastic offer. T's and C's apply. Offer available exclusively through Nissan Finance, a division of West Bank, a division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Nissan, innovation that excites. Time to travel with Car and Key. Well, that's it for Time to Travel for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. But before I go, just a reminder of the My Town feature. I really would love to hear from all of you out there about where it is that you live, what is fabulous about where you live. Please let me know. Or where you've been. If you've been traveling around South Africa, let me know what you've been doing, what you've seen, what you hopefully have taken the family to enjoy. Let me know and hopefully we can feature that on the show sometime soon. Well, I'll be back with you again next Monday evening just after nine with the Law Report and uh, hopefully we'll be joined by the National Credit Regulator. I haven't had final confirmation yet, but we're keeping our fingers crossed. That's for the Law Report on Monday. Monday evening next week, the 17th of March. And just remember, you can find me on Facebook, Travel on SAFM, or drop me a line, travel at safm.co.za. Well, Stephen Kirk is up now with some nighttime music. Hello, Stephen. Are you off to go to the Bear Grylls Adventure or Survival Academy, do you think? I might want to put that on my list of things to do, but certainly the the Wild Atlantic Way in mm. in, in, in in Artem in Ireland that sounds like my cup of tea completely, and uh, hopefully wouldn't need need those survival skills that you'd get at a Bear Grylls camp. Uh, um, I suppose they would come in uh, more useful around Joburg, where I live, actually, those survival schools. Anyway, with you until midnight, it's the nighttime music selection, which we get into after the 10 o'clock news.